What is up, everybody? Chris Hollifield here. I want to give you a nice, warm welcome to a brand new episode of the I Am Salt Lake podcast. Hey, our website, IamSaltLake.com. This is where you can go and listen to the entire catalog of back episodes of the podcast. All 500 plus episodes are right there on the website. Go listen to them. Go check them out. Hey, is this your first time listening to the podcast and now you're wondering, what am I about to get into? What am I about to listen to? Well, this podcast is all about showcasing awesome people right here in Salt Lake City, Utah. We're talking to musicians, authors, business owners, restaurant owners, breweries, distilleries, food truck owners, really anyone that might have a cool story to share. Really quick, before we get into this episode, I want to let you guys know that I'm a licensed real estate agent here in the state of Utah. I'm based out of Keller Williams. I'm on the Be Heard team. I'm loving it, and I would love to help you guys by giving you a free market analysis of your home. Really simple, really easy, no strings attached. Just reach out to me, get in touch, shoot me a text, give me a call, 801-244-2908 and I'll give you a free market analysis of your home. Maybe you're curious what kind of equity you've built on it over the last couple of years. Well, I'd love to help you out on that. Again, uh, my phone number is 801-244-2908. Get in touch. I'd love to chat with you. And on that note, let's get into this conversation on uh, I Am Salt Lake podcast. This is a good one, you guys. Thanks so much for listening. Enjoy. Just a little introduction for this episode for people listening. The first time Zach was on the podcast to talk about Zach's works, April 2013 on episode 57. How wild is that? I mean, episode 57, that was back. I mean, I wasn't even doing this podcast for a full year. The difference is Chrissy wasn't co-hosting too then. I'm, mm-hmm. you know, for for people listening, I kind of ran over so this with you, Zach. Before, yeah, very no, lackluster. <laughs> uh, for people that don't know who Zach Martinez is, he is the the creator of Zach's Works, the founder of Zach's Works, uh, which is I think back when when I had you on the podcast for the first time, you weren't doing anything with leather, then, no, were you? It was just glass. It was just glass. It was just glass at that point, and I think I had just. Started doing some- just started. I, I was in my first year, definitely. Okay, okay. We'll get in. We'll get into that. So you make leather goods and glassware. Like uh, I'm looking, he actually brought some with him. I mean, so you make like glasses, uh, drinking glasses, mm-hmm. not not glasses you wear, uh, out of like old uh, liquor bottles, wine bottles. Uh, you'll even make like lamps. I guess is that what you call? Yeah, them? yeah. Or, like or, or, uh, or, like pendant lamps. Pendant lamps. Oh yeah. Uh, so and like- then, yeah, like the type the type of lamps you'd have hanging above your uh, your bar or your kitchen sink or something yeah. like that, the little pendant style. I'd make the glass. So you can usually buy like custom glass at Lowe's or whatever, or, or you know, more higher end lighting shops, but it's just, it fits on there the same way that it would if, if you bought it from one of those places, but it's out of a beer or liquor bottle. So cool. Uh, Zaxworks.com, Z-A-X-W-O-R-X.com is the website. So go, go there. I'm going to start mentioning at the beginning of the podcast, just in case people don't get to the very end (laughs) to go check out these. Cause I mean, you make such phenomenal stuff, which, okay. So this leather stuff that you make, how, what's the best, I mean, how many different types of leather goods are you making? Do you have like a, like a set inventory or is it just hit and miss? It's kind of like, there's a lot of stuff that I make one-offs. In my mind, this whole leather thing is still kind of an experiment. I don't consider it a business where I have a solid product line. I have a few different products that I make repetitively. I make several of this thing or that thing, but I'm always open to like custom work and making just new things. So I don't know as far as as far as that goes. It, it, it's uh, there's a, there's quite a broad range. I don't really have a specific number of things that I make. I just, I just make stuff that I, I see, like I, I follow a lot of leather workers and people doing the same thing I'm doing and kind of get inspiration from them. And so I'll see something that I like, I'm like, well, that's cool. I want to make that, but I also want to change it up. I don't want to copy them a hundred percent. Like you want to incorporate it into your yes. thing with your style. Yeah. I yeah. mean, I have like a million screenshots on my, on my phone from like Instagram. Cause like, Oh, that's a cool idea. I like the way they did the closure of that bag, or I like the way they did the shape of the pocket of that wallet or something like that. And I just kind of save that and always just have that on hand to be able to 
use for inspiration later on when I want to make something new. And when I want to make something new is when I feel like things calm down and I don't have a lot of orders. And that hasn't been a thing lately, which is, well, it is a good news. thing. It's a good thing. I'm not trying to brag or anything, but I've been pretty dang busy over the last year and a half. And so it's really hard to kind of set aside time to create new things or try to mess with new designs or whatever. To come up with right. new, yeah. new, new, ins- new inspiration. Yeah. Well, I to ideate and, and create, you have to have a lot more time initially mm-hmm. to, to be able to spend doing that yeah. until you kind of like narrow down how you want to finally finalize a project. Absolutely. Is that is that hard for you, like as a creative person to have to put off trying new things? Cause yes. You, yeah. It's very hard. It, it's, it's, again, I don't like to complain that I like, uh, I have all these orders, you know, I, I don't have time to create something for myself or just try to brainstorm and just create whatever the hell I want. It's a good problem to have, I guess. But yeah, it, it it's definitely like, there are things that I make that I feel like I could make them better if I had time to work on the design but I just usually never have time to work on the design. You, you need tinker I mean? time. I need tinker time to yep. be able to, to refine something to figure out and sit down and be like, okay, this thing that I make, I sell some of them. I don't sell a ton of them, but I do sell them. People do like them, but I, I feel like it could be better. And how could I make that better? For, for me doing that brainstorming and doing that process, it takes a lot of time and, to be able to set aside time to do that, it's just, it's tough. Not just with the orders that I have and the and the stuff that I do throughout the year. I like to also have a personal life too. You know what I mean? I like to balance everything and, and it's it's hard to do that. And I think I told you, Chris, when, mm-hmm. when we first did uh, our first interview, I never envisioned this whole thing to be what my, it is, to be my moneymaker, okay. to be like, yeah. I want to do this full time. And I want this to make me all the money. Like I don't, I never envisioned it that way. And I still don't, I still am content with this being a side gig and something that doesn't completely consume every bit of my free time outside of my full-time day job. How many hours are you putting a week into this probably though? Uh, well, right now, every, every free hour that I have because it's Christmas season. Sure. But during a normal season, during, uh, you know, summer or whatever, I, I get a few custom orders here and there. I would say, I don't know, maybe 15 to 20 hours extra a week besides, is, besides my full-time job. So it's like job. a little, right. little part-time job that you yeah. have. Yeah. And you're, you're okay with that? Or would you like even less hours than that? I, I don't know that I would like less. I like it kind of where it is. Yeah. And if it does, if it were to take off and I was to get more orders, there, it, it, it ebbs and flows. You know sure. what I mean? Sometimes mm-hmm. I do get an influx of orders for no particular reason. Of right now, of course, it's Christmas. So I, I was heavy with orders. I'm, I just actually finished my final order yesterday. You're like, I'm done. Congratulations. Yeah. The, last, yeah. the last Christmas order. Is yeah. I wish I had a beer for you, yeah. man. <laughs> it's great. So it's really nice to be able to, to finish that off. But Sometimes just during, I don't know, any random month, April or something, I don't yeah. know, like sometimes I'll, there'll be weeks where I have nothing. And does that make you nervous when you don't have any orders? Not really. Okay. Just because again, this is just a side thing that I feel like I'm not relying on the income. The extra income is nice. Uh-huh. The only reason that like one of the reasons I started this was just to curb boredom, just to not, to not sit on my butt and play video games all day, which I still do. I still do play video games here and there. And all I still, day. I still, I still like to do stuff like that, but this just makes me feel better about how I spend my free time. Mm-hmm. But if it does, if it were to pick up, I think I could handle it, but there are some times where like, Oh my God, for no reason whatsoever, I have all these orders all of a sudden, yeah. you know, sometimes, sometimes it's because, someone randomly on Instagram comes across my stuff and shares it or, mm-hmm. or I make something for somebody and I send and it they to have them friends over and they happen to share it. And yes, they have friends over. Sometimes I'll be like, Hey, I was over at so-and-so's house and having a party. And I saw this bag that you did for this person. And I would really love to have one. And 
you know, a lot of stuff like that. A lot of like word of mouth. Yeah. And that's just with the leather stuff. Besides that, like the glass stuff, I have people who order from me steadily almost every year, repeatedly. Like I have a lady who uh, is a secretary for this company that she orders from me every year. And what they do is I make the high West glasses out of high West whiskey out of park city. And uh, she will order it's different every year. Last year she ordered 60 of them, which was oh, insane. Wow. This year she ordered 10. So I think she had a, a little bit of an overflow from last year, <laughs> but uh, she, she orders them and I guess her boss gives them out to their clients and she'll do two of my short high West whiskey glasses and a bottle of high West whiskey. Nice. So they give them out as That's gifts really cool. to like their clients and maybe their employees. I'm not sure exactly. But and so they order them from you. They order from me every year. And yeah, like last year was crazy. Like it, the year before was like maybe 20 or 30. The year before was 15. It just got more and more. Last year, she did two different large orders and it totaled to like 60 glasses, wow. which was great. It was nice to get paid for that. But then this year she's like, yeah, we just need 10. So I think she had some leftover from last year. <laughs> sure. Spacing them out. Yeah. All right, we're going to take just a couple of minutes now and talk about one of our awesome sponsors. I love these guys, utahmarijuana.org. They are your number one spot for all things medical marijuana, medical cannabis, CBD, and THC. I want to give a shout out to Tim Pickett. I don't know if you guys remember back on episode 420 when we had him on the podcast, we found out about medical marijuana here in Utah. Now utahmarijuana.org is a sponsor of this podcast. They have a team of medical cannabis experts that make getting your medical card easy from your first office visit to navigating the state card application and beyond. With over 20 compassionate and highly skilled qualified medical providers ready to help you find relief, you won't have to search for a doctor willing to recommend cannabis treatment. The patient experience team at utahmarijuana.org is dedicated to helping you get all the way through the process so you can get your medicine legally. And right now, they're offering an exclusive discount to I Am Salt Lake listeners. Just use the code GREEN25 for $25 off your first visit. Take advantage of that, because not only do you save $25, but it also lets them know, hey, I'm a listener of I Am Salt Lake podcast. Thank you for sponsoring the podcast. Head on over to their website as well, utahmarijuana.org. Tons of resources about medical marijuana here in Utah. Uh, you could listen to the podcast, Utah on the Weeds, on, on there and find out about all of their locations that they have here in Utah. Again, the website, utahmarijuana.org. Go check it out. Go support these guys. And many thanks to, uh, to them for sponsoring this podcast. So why leather then? How, what was the idea there to incorporate leather? I mean, obviously, I mean, they work well together. But, I mean, who, did somebody give you that idea or was that just kind of a natural It's idea? kind of funny how it happened, like, randomly. So, um, our dog that we used to have, uh, Draco, the, uh, our Doberman, Yeah, he, we, we would take him to the park, Tanner Park, and he was kind of a, he didn't get along with other dogs. He would snap at him and he was a dick, but we, he was a big dog and so we needed to take him out and, and burn some energy. So, I got him this, uh, this muzzle. There's a bunch of different, there's a million different muzzles. There's the muzzles that you put over the dog's snout and it will pretty much only leave them enough room to maybe lick their nose. Like Lady and the Tramp. Yeah. Like, like it's, it just keeps their mouth completely closed almost. Yeah. Uh, we got him a different one. We got him this cage one. He almost looked like Bane, like <laughs> Bane dog. You know what I mean? Cool. It was like a big, it was like a big cage over his mouth where he could still open his mouth and pant freely and when you go to Tanner Park, there's like a stream and dogs like to drink water and he could still drink water with this thing on. The problem was, is it was this, this metal cage that went over his snout and one strap that went around the back of his head. Dobermans have really tiny heads. And so that yeah. thing would slip off with no problem. So my solution was I'd never worked with leather before. I went to Tandy Leather and I bought a piece of leather and some snaps and uh, created these little straps that snapped around the strap that went around the back of his head and also snapped around the collar around his neck. Okay. So that that wouldn't slip up over his head. Oh, clever. That's the first leather thing I ever bought. And then never I never worked with leather in your entire life. No. Not even a boy scout. No. Never even did. Yeah. Nope. And then, so I, I kind of put that remaining leather that I had left aside and didn't think about it for yeah. a couple months. 
And then I started, uh, I think I started on Instagram following someone who did some leather work and just started really liking their stuff. And I thought, well, I'm going to try this. I'm going to try that. And the first thing I made besides those straps for my dog's collar was a koozie, a leather koozie. I did it all by hand. Uh, it was terrible, but it I was, was going to say, is that a difficult thing to make? Because of it seems like it would be one of the more complicated things it, to make. It, well, the the, the only the only way that I the only guide that I had is I had a bunch of foam koozies. You know, the the disposable ones that you have. You know, that are you get you from know, like bands or yeah. from like yeah. a, you know some promo the of some business yeah. or koozie. something. I mean, they're everywhere. Yeah. I literally had one of those and I just cut it in half. I cut the the stitch line on either side of it and folded it out and kind of used that as a guide. Nice. And just trial and error from there. And so I made a couple koozies. I started making more koozies, wanted to make a wallet, bought some more leather, bought some more tools, and it just escalated from there. Well, we'll take pictures. I want to take pictures mm-hmm. of, of the gifts you brought yeah. and I'll put those on the oh, they're website. They're so cool. At- they're like things I've looked at online and loved. Yeah. And they're in my house. <laughs> yeah. Well, in one of them, I mean, this, you made some little, I am Salt Lake, like leather, um, my mind is coasters. 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 Yeah. There's the word I'm looking for. I coasters. would say they're badass. So you could do, you could do something like this. So custom orders. Yes. For people. So, so I have my normal, like my leather working logo. I have a couple of different logos that I stamp into leather. Uh-huh. Um, the one that's on there now, the skull is like kind of a newer design that I did. I don't know, a few months ago. Uh, but the, the custom lettering below, I am Salt Lake. I can, yeah, I can pretty much do. Any, anybody's business, any name, any, any business, yeah. any name, like yeah. I can monogram a wallet, uh, someone's name into a wallet, initials, a date, whatever it may be. It, it's like an alphabet stamp set that you buy. That's like these brass, these little brass letters that you can put in this little rail yeah. and kind of press them into the leather and you can make like an old letter press. That is so kinda, fun. Oh yeah. my gosh. That's cool. Yeah. On. I mean, so, so leather glass, what's next then? What, what would be the, what would be the next? Oh yeah. What do you, <laughs> what's on the horizon? I don't know. Uh, maybe some metal work. Really? I mean, have you, have you played around with Yeah, I bought, I bought a welder about, oh, that's a, right. about that's a year right. and a half ago. Okay. Just, and I literally bought it. Like I've always wanted a leather just to kind of mess or a leather, a welder yeah. to kind of mess around with, uh, just to, you know, just to make some stuff. But I always had it in my mind. We had this, uh, this gate and this fence that separated our driveway, uh, from our backyard. Oh. And we had to build it when we first moved into our house to make it so our dogs couldn't get out. And, uh, we built it out of wood when we first moved in and the gate was always sagging. Like it was always sagging. And every time it would sag, it was such a tight gate that the, the, the top of it would rub yeah. on the post. Mm-hmm. And I had to shave that down every year or, or, you know, remedy it somehow. I rebuilt the gate once. It was just a pain in the ass. Anyway, I thought my, my ultimate thing in my head was like, I want a steel gate. I want steel posts and I want steel, a steel gate, something that will never, ever sag. And I want to just over-engineer the hell out of it and make sure that it's unnecessarily sturdy. <laughs> and so that's what I did. I bought, I bought a, I bought the welder and, uh, Spent probably $550 on materials for like, I don't know, this is maybe we're talking like a 20 foot section of fence. <laughs> so it's, it's, it's definitely an expensive. Part it's an expensive part, but that <laughs> yeah. thing is it's an initial solid. investment in your yeah. future is yeah. what I'd like to say. I mean, I learned a lot doing it. It was cool. It was fun to weld all the pieces that I did the way that I did them. I learned a lot doing it. So do you just like pick stuff up? Are you just like, I'm going to make this now and magically you make these amazing things? Like well, what, how do you, how, how are you so good at picking up skills? Martinez. It's God. kind of what ridiculous. Like I'm very jealous yeah, right little, now. Too much credit. I, I don't know. It's just like, I, I did take a welding class in high school. So I, I had, so you had a little hit. I had a small yeah. idea yeah. of, but I mean, that was like stick welding with a welding rod. I bought a wire feed welder, which I hadn't worked with very much at all. Very new to the world. I don't know. I I don't. You just try it, huh? I guess I just I just try things and I, I try to read up on them before I try them and make sure that I'm not making all the mistakes that you that that people make. Dude, nowadays we got YouTube. Exactly. Like, yeah, you, you that's could just true. Hop on YouTube and learn yeah. anything. You would think I would remember that by yeah. now, but no. <laughs> yeah. No, I that's that's one of the things I did is when I I bought my the welder I bought I literally punched in that welder model into YouTube and watched a couple of videos 
on on how some guys were like, oh yeah, I bought it. You know, some guys that were like me and had never welded before, and they tried to learn on that welder, and then other guys that had been welding for twenty years and they bought it just to kind of review it and see how it worked and and tell the audience how, how everything they think was wrong with it or. Uh, tell the audience the learning curve, like, well, most welders are like this, but this welder, because it's cheaper and it's bottom shelf, you have this learning curve. So make sure you make this precaution that, that sort of stuff. It's, it's super, super helpful. So I did watch a few videos like that. It's just, I don't know, I guess I'm just, uh, I get bored and I want to try new stuff and yeah, I like it. I That's like it. Awesome. I, I've actually wanted to take like some blacksmithing classes, you oh, know, yeah. like to, to really get that into that. That is another thing I would love to do Yeah, some blacksmithing, but that's like, that's like a whole nother set of tools and, yeah. and equipment that you need. So like <laughs> with leather, more stuff for you to buy, man. Is yeah. blacksmithing. Oh man. I, I could Google this, but I'm not going to right now. Is it still like the way they used to do it in the old days where you put stuff in the fire and you hammer it? Or is well, it like, I mean, I'm it sure be. like, I'm sure that if you want to practice the old school ways of yeah. doing it, well, I guess that's, it. I mean, that's I'm a sure fair point. That's a fair point. I'm sure they're just I'm like just some of us Nauvoo still listen to records, you know, some of us listen yeah. to uh, MP3, some listen to eight hey. tracks still. You know what? Kind of... And, and everybody's great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There are like, there are people who do like the old school ways. They'll, they'll have hot coals and they'll have this old school, like air blower that, that fuels those coals and they just kind of stick the metal in the middle of that. And then they take it to their anvil. But then there's also these propane, you know, these propane enclosures where you have constant heat and that's how you heat your metal up. Oh, I, I, I know very little about it, but I just know better. from what I've seen, the people that I follow, there's, there's a few local people I follow that actually do some really, really cool blacksmith work. And it's just kind of fun to watch them and the stuff that they do. And then, I mean, there's a million YouTube videos on blacksmithing. There's a TV show called... I think forged in fire or something like that. Have you ever watched that? Huh, huh. It's where they make uh, knives and swords and stuff. And they have blacksmithers from all over the country huh. uh, come in and, and they have like a little competition of what, uh, what's the name of this show. I think it's called forged in fire. Forged, forged in, in fire. what do you know what channel that is on? Probably discovery. I believe. Okay. okay. YouTube. Yeah. <laughs> yeah YouTube. Or, yeah. No, it's, it's cool. It's just fun to watch stuff like that. And, yeah. And there are some guys that literally they, they only like to do the old school ways. And then there's these other guys that have all the new technology. It's really fun to That's watch. Cool. It, it's probably like photography. You, you know, some like, people like the old film and yeah. some exactly. people like digital. Yeah. Yep. You can, yeah. you can use the art form the best way it fits you. Yeah. So like can that. people buy any of your products here in Salt Lake at any stores or anything, or is it just all online? That's the thing. I, I, for the most part, I don't have any. I don't have any of my stuff in any local store. Okay. First of all, and second of all, most of the festivals that I do, I, they're very sporadic. <laughs> so it's, it's like if people really want to take advantage of your stuff, pay attention and yeah. jump on it. Yeah. And when I when I first started, like when you and I yeah. interviewed the first time, I was trying to do every. How new were you back then? How, like how long? When did you? St- I was a within a year. Okay. I think okay. I was a year or less. Okay. Into it. And I was trying like, do you remember Craft Sabbath? Oh yeah, Craft Sabbath. Yeah, yeah dude, that, that doesn't was... even exist anymore. But I did that, and I tried to do like, you know, I did Urban Arts Festival, I did Craft Lake City, a couple other random ones. You were doing a lot of the farmers markets too, weren't farmers you? market. Yes, yeah. yeah, that too. Farmers market. I was I was doing that, and I was trying to do like, I wasn't doing full time every single weekend, but I was doing. I, I think the first two years I actually started to do that stuff. I did every other weekend. Yeah. And my God, that was a lot of work. Oh my gosh. <laughs> to, to, yeah. to set up, I mean, to, to haul all your shit in there, set it up day after day for, for six hours, for just six hours of well, you work. Well, you have to be like, there at like seven in the morning on a Saturday. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then, and it takes all that time away from being able to create too, yes. which as a creator, you kind of need that time too. Yeah. But don't get me wrong. The farmer's market was great. I did enjoy mm-hmm. a lot of it and I met... I met a ton of people who are still my current customers, you know, that order from me just direct now. Uh, and I met some other people, you know, through, you know, the local scene, other, other people that make this or make that, that I'm still friends with to this day. So I, I'm very grateful for the, for the farmer's market. It was just, I don't think I'll ever do it again because it's just, it's just too much work. Yeah. It's kind of like a full-time job type thing. Yeah. Well, and on top of that, I am fortunate enough to where I am able to keep myself pretty busy with just my direct word of mouth orders at this point. 
with glass anyway. I don't think leather is quite there yet, but the glass stuff, I, I have a steady, I have a steady. Like a repeating customer re- supply. Repeating customers, but also just That's random people contacting me through word of mouth. Mm-hmm. Just because, not to sound like arrogant or anything like that, at this point, I think I don't think there's anyone else doing this anymore. When I first started doing it, there were people popping up here and there doing it. And I would run into them at farmer's market, actually, speaking of. Sometimes I would walk around like... My wife would come and help me and I would I would kind of be like, all right, I want to go walk around and just check out other booths. Do you mind watching the booth for a minute? And she would. And so I'd walk around and there I would see other people doing the glass work and I would talk to them. But I, I was always really like in my mind, I wouldn't say this out loud to them, but I was in my mind critical of like how the edge of their glass was. And I would always just my first instinct was just look at their glass like okay cool not as good as mine (laughs) (laughs) you gotta do market research right yeah and it was always just like okay that's great that they're doing it and and whatever and i would i remember talking to you about yeah that you bring that up and i would see them doing it and i would be like well their edges are kind of crappy but well yours are nice and so smooth like you know know, you're not going to cut yourself like i swear if i remember correctly they were kind of sharp on a few of these other glasses that i felt when i first when i first started yeah my edges well not yours other people's oh the other yeah 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 yeah, yeah. i'm talking about because i i think i remember who you're talking yeah anyway (laughs) but like we have one of your glasses and it is seriously one of the favorite or we had one i need to find it it's somewhere in the house we've got a few of them Yeah, yeah and they're like better than glasses you buy at the store. You do such an amazing job on the lip. It's really impressive because that like, I can only imagine how difficult that would be. It it took me a while to kind of get it down. Like I've refined my process a few times. Originally it was all by hand, step by step and very, very tedious. I have since refined it in a few different ways to where I've been able to cut my production time in half, which is huge. Because uh, these glasses probably take a lot of time, don't they? They do. I mean, I think when I first started, you know, depending on how thick the glass is. So if you have a thinner glass, it's a little bit easier. It takes a little bit less time because there's less surface area to round off and make it nice to drink out of. But the thicker glasses, they definitely take a lot more time, especially the way I was doing it when I first started. It took a really long time and it was murder on my hands. Like, you know, I'm surprised I don't have carpal tunnel now from all the, all the sanding that I would do just by hand. It was just back and forth, kind of set the glass on its side, sand a little bit, turn it, sand a little bit more, turn it, sand a little bit more. And that was the inside edge. Then do the same exact thing on the outside edge. It, it was, it was very, very tedious, but it's, I've since now refined the process to where I think when I first started, I was probably 25 minutes per glass now I'm about 11. Okay. And are you still 10, breaking 10 any glasses? Do you I don't, still break any? Because you, you probably were breaking quite a bit in the beginning, right? If I remember correctly. I was, no? yeah. There were there were some here and there. I just, like. Because you, you just learn how to handle it. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, you just how learn to, how to handle it and you learn how to buy better equipment, all that stuff. Um, I very, very seldom break glasses. Uh I always give the disclaimer though, because I get a lot of customers who are like, I want to bring you this special bottle. This was uh, the bottle of champagne we drank on my wedding day or whatever. No pressure. Yeah, exactly. Whatever <laughs> it may be. But that's what I, that's why I give, that, <laughs> I give that disclaimer right away. And I always say like, look, uh, you, it sounds like this glass is special to you, this bottle. So there is always the chance. And especially if it's a glass I've never cut before. I'm like, I've never cut this before. I've seen it before, but I've never cut it. There's always a chance that it's going to crack. So before I do this, I need I need you to tell me that you're going to be okay if this doesn't work out. If it does work out, it probably will. I mean, the chances are really, really good, but there's always that chance. It just some glasses are weird. Some bottles are weird, and some of them I'll cut through them, and I'll be like, I was doing everything right. I mean, at this point, I've been doing it for 10 years now. And so it's like I know how to do it the right way. I've, I've almost never ran into a glass. I can't figure out. Yeah. It seems like the, maybe, you know, different ones have gone through different things in the yeah. past, possibly and slightly altered the fragility of the yeah. glass or something. Yeah. And there are companies that have changed the way that they do things. So for example, like Grey Goose, Grey Goose used to make the bottom of their bottles. It was a nice solid. I, I know that people listening can't see this, but one of the ones I brought you guys, it's a solid thick bottom. 
Grey Goose used to be like that, but they since made it the made the bottom dented, almost like the bottom of a wine bottle. Yeah. Like uh kind of how it's like hollow. Yeah, right. kind of yeah, how yeah. it's hollow, it's not as thick. Hmm. And so there there have been a lot of places that have changed the way they do things over the years. Um so that that kind of keeps me on my toes too cuz I, yeah. I think they're trying to save money this or that whatever. Right, but it makes the materials probably a lot thinner and more yeah. difficult to work with I would think. Yeah. And 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 if it's something I've never worked with before, it's like, well, I got to cut this thing yeah. kind of high and I I don't know how thin this glass is. It might be really really thin. And I can still you even with pretty thin glass, I can still usually be pretty successful, but I just always want to be err on the side of caution with people and just this can break. I don't want you to be disappointed if it does break. Right. If you you want, if you don't want to take the risk of it breaking, let's not do this. Yeah. That seems like a reasonable disclaimer. Yeah. I've never had anybody back out. I've never had anybody say like, well, okay, I don't want to risk that. So I guess we won't do this. People are always like, okay, I understand. And the great thing is, is like whenever there have been really sentimental, like special things, I've been nervous as shit when I start to cut it, but they have all worked out. I have never had one that I have failed on. Like, like I've always given that disclaimer, but I've always been able to get lucky and come through and make the thing that they want me to make out of their special bottle. So, That's cool. Yeah. Do you have any events coming up? I mean, I guess Christmas, I mean, this is, this is up going to be up before Christmas. So all the Christmas events are done. I mean, do you have any like events coming up that you're going to be selling? At? I have, I don't know if it's going to happen, but the tattoo convention, Oh, when is that? That's like in March, right? It's usually in February or in February, March. Yeah, yeah. But I know, so the guy who runs it, uh, CJ. CJ I, yeah, yeah, we had him on the show. Yeah, yeah you yeah, missed. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, of course. So uh, CJ couldn't do it last year because of COVID. Yeah. And I think right now, I, I think I messaged him a little while ago and uh, he's he's saying, I really hope we can do it, but. I wonder why they, yeah. because I, mean, I think it's still up in the air. I yeah. Think, I'm sure there's all kinds of hoops he needs to jump through with COVID. Cause I mean, with the tattoo convention, you have the health department that's to deal true. with. That's true. And so who knows what, uh, I think they, I think he has to have some sort of approval from the health department before he even gets the permit to, to put on the show. I don't know. There's probably all kinds of like stuff. extra restrictions. Going oh, I can on. only imagine. Yeah. And so I really, really hope if the tattoo convention does happen next year, I will be there. Okay, so look at, look Zach up yeah. at the tattoo can, and then mention you heard him on this podcast. Yeah. If, if you see him there, <laughs> yeah, say, that'd hey, be great. Say Zach, I heard you on I Am Salt Lake both times, right? Yeah. Both times episode that would be great. Yeah. Fifty seven and five twenty six. But so you you wouldn't want to make this full time then, huh? I don't think so. I think if it was to become full time, I might lose it. Might lose its passion. I don't know that I'd lose my passion, but it might lose its. Uh, I don't know what the word is. Charm. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe it, the charm. When it becomes work, it, your mindset kind of, it becomes a little bit more of a chore Yeah, when you're relying on it. Yeah. I think it's perfect the way you do it now though, because of even down to the aspect of like, Hey, I might be at the tattoo convention. So you better come. Yeah. If you want my stuff. Yeah. Come there. <laughs> yeah. Right. No, like people love limited edition. If you start mass producing yeah. it, it takes away the quality. It takes sure. away the fun. It's like, Oh, well I can get, how often do you, I know I do this where I'm like, I don't really like, I'd love to go to that street fair. I'd love to go to that event, but it's always the same vendors are there yeah. week after week. Yeah. And so it takes away the fun. It I, ta- you know, it's I like, agree. Oh, I can get them next week or I can get them next week. Yeah. And then you just end up not getting anything. Yep. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I agree that, that there too. And I, I like to, yeah. and again, like I said before, I think the reason I'm not doing as many shows lately besides the COVID thing that has been happening the last year and a half. COVID, yeah. Yeah. Uh, has been, I've been fortunate enough to where people have been, the word of mouth has spread over the years and I, I keep myself busy enough with direct contact orders. Yeah. Where like, it's, it's cool to where like people will contact me. They'll say they want this or, or they'll say I like, I have, I have a case of bottles. I want you to turn them into glasses. Like, okay, here's my address, drop them off. Uh, I'll have them done in a week, you know, stuff like that, where people, people come to me, yeah. which it's really nice, you know? And yeah. I, I do offer, like if, if there are some people where I will, uh, there are times where I'll offer, I don't know where you live, but here's where I live. I'm happy to just bring your bottles to you and we can meet in a public place and I can, we can do, you know, you can pay me for them there and I can give them to you there, whatever. 
And probably helps so they don't break in the mail. Exactly, yeah. I mean, because you probably run into that a lot, like broken glasses in the mail. Um, you know what? I used to work for one of my first jobs when I moved out here. Uh, I worked for the shipping department, and the guy who trained me was very, very anal about okay, the way that so he you, packed stuff. And you so learned. I, I have never. Wait, there is one exception. That's some good life foreshadowing. I've almost never had, except for one time, I've never had uh, any glasses break. I have actually sent a set of lights to the UK. No way. A set of pendant lights made out of uh, Bombay Sapphire Gin glasses, a set of four, and they made it in one piece. The one time where it didn't happen was I sent it to a guy in Florida and I didn't put fragile stickers on the box. I forgot to put the fragile stickers on because... Usually when you order glass or anything fragile from anywhere, Amazon, whatever, they'll put one little tiny shitty fragile sticker on one side of the box. I put one on every, all six sides of the box and make sure that it is known from every angle that this is fragile. And I really, really pack the shit out of it. So I'm pretty good at that. Do you remember that? What was at the beginning of Ace Ventura? (laughs) (laughs) Kicking those boxes around. It's fairly accurate. Your present arrived on our (laughs) stoop this morning and the box was ripped open. I was surprised it was in there. Is it it broken? I don't think so. It's unbreakable. I've been seeing some uh, posts of uh, people posting like their uh, their ring doorbell camera where, where the FedEx driver will get like 20 feet away and they'll just like yeah. not like carelessly you just toss it onto the onto I'm amazed the with all the ring cameras that, yeah, that they still do it yeah that they're like still doing that because there's cameras everywhere now yeah. guys dude I saw a video what well, it might have been just yesterday where it showed a UPS guy going and takes took some food out they somebody had some food delivered and it was sitting there on there and they were taking fries out of the bag oh <laughs> <laughs> like I'm like oh my god so I had something similar happen to me one of I don't know if I should mention the name, but one of the one of the apps that you use to get food delivered to your door. Yeah, okay. I, I did that. So I we were at a friend's house, and when you order from that app, uh, it will default to your home address. Okay. But we wanted them delivered to our friend's house, and we were there for a party. Like, let's order some wings. So we ordered some wings, but after the order was completed. And, and everything went through, I realized like, oh my God, they're going to deliver it to my house. So they give you the option to text the person who's going to deliver your food. And I texted him and said, Hey, I'm so sorry. Wrong address. Here's the new address. Can you please call me and confirm that you're going to bring this? Ne- never heard anything from him. Tried to call him a couple of times. And I'm like, well, I'm just going to go, I'm going to run to our house real quick and meet him there and get the wings and come back and bring them. Cause we ordered a lot. So the guy I just missed him by literally like two minutes and I get there and there's nothing there. I go to my saved camera doorbell footage. (laughs) The guy brings the bag of food, sets it on the porch, steps back, takes a photo of it so that he can send it to me and be like, look, I delivered it. Goes back up onto the porch, grabs the food and walks away. The delivery like driver he had a party he was going yeah, to. No, I think I think because of his text messages, he was like, "Well, this guy's not going to be here to get the food anyway, so I'm just going to take it." I don't know what the hell it was, but wow. <laughs> so, oh, so man. he texts you the picture, and you're like, "I didn't get the food." Yeah, and, and I, I got, did I, he ever respond? No, nothing. Nothing. I, I I got in contact with the with the app, the company directly. They re- reimbursed my money right away, but it was just funny. Like, really. Like that's like, pretty the audacity. Yeah. You know? Well, and I have, you know, most of these doorbell cameras have a light that make it obvious, like, oh yeah, that's one of those doorbell cameras. You can see that from it's a distance. It's pretty obvious. It's yeah. very obvious. And that guy didn't give a shit. He just <laughs> like, I think some people just don't realize that those exist. Maybe. I think they're still stuck in back in like nineteen eighty five or something and or they you know, just Uncle don't Rico, care. I'm gonna throw yeah. that football over the mountain, you know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that I don't know. Me the, okay, I have to there I have so many stories yeah, no, I'm not you're telling. Fine, you're fine. But it reminds me when we had a trick-or-treater like two years ago, this little like I don't know, six to eight year old was like, Hey, I really like your security camera when he was trying. I was like, like whoa, what kid is like <laughs> scoping out the house while they're looking for candy. <laughs> well, at, least, at least he noticed, so right? At least the youths are aware oh, that there are yeah, cameras yeah. on them. So when you're not making all these, these, uh, leather goods and glassware, I mean, what are some of your other hobbies and interests? What else are you doing with your time these days, Zach? Well, I, we like to travel a lot. Um, 
play video games, yeah. you know, work on the house. Sure. Right now I'm kind of painting some of a couple of rooms in our house, just stuff like that. I, I don't know. I just random projects. Any, any like, well, I guess we were kind of talking about this before, but like one of the questions I'll ask a lot of people is any random skills, you know, if you could learn one random skill, what would it be? You know, and people but always Zach's have like one of the people yeah, that just he, does it. That's like, it, <laughs> as I was about to say it, I'm like, Zach is like the guy who learns all the random skills. I mean, we've chatted with people that want to learn ventriloquism or, oh. the, you know, the violin. Yeah. Or, and then or there's Zach. We need a new gate. I'll go buy all the supplies and a welder. And <laughs> Make it. it. <laughs> no, uh, one cool thing is, uh, you know, since I interviewed with you the first time, yeah. I've went through like several day jobs. And I think originally, I think I explained the reason I started doing this in the first place was just to curb my boredom outside of my boring desk day job that I had. And uh, it was for a local healthcare company. I ended up getting laid off because of uh, the Affordable Care Act, which is fine, whatever. I'm glad the Affordable Care Act happened and all that. But it resulted in me losing my job. And so since then, uh, I just kind of been bouncing around from career to career and not really having a place. But now I work uh, for a local university Okay, and uh, I'm a maintenance, building maintenance guy. And it is, every single day is different. And I'm learning so much about like carpentry and like commercial HVAC, commercial plumbing, Every day is different. I'm on my feet. That is a, a really cool, it's something I've always wanted. I feel like I've always had a desk job for the longest time because I've never, I've never went to any trade school or anything like that. And I've always wanted something where I'm active. I'm working with my hands. So that's kind of nice, but also it's, it's, it helps me to learn all these new skills too. So I, I'm kind of getting a lot more comfortable with like electrical work and, and that sort of thing. So that kind of helps with projects at the house. Yeah. My wife is, you know, we've been talking about like, well, you've been wanting to do this forever. And now with your new job, you kind of know how to do that. So are you going to do that soon or, <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, actually I, I will. Cause now I'm confident in that thing. I know exactly how to do that. Like before I kind of had it in my head, like, I think I know how to do that, but like, it would be cool, but it could be a disaster yeah, too. I don't want to screw it up. Yeah. And, uh, at this point, I'm just like, yeah, I know exactly how to do that. And I could do that with pure 100% confidence, knowing that I won't screw it up. So that, that's been kind of nice. Yeah. But anyway, kind of a side tangent besides like, you know, just learning new skills. It's cool that I actually have a day job now that I- You're really, learning new skills too. I'm learning new skills yeah. and I actually really enjoy it. I'm not sitting on my ass all day. So it, it makes it nice and it keeps it exciting, I think- I've been very active. You know what I mean? Like I, I've, I think since I've started this job, I've lost almost 20 pounds, Nice, which is cool. Yeah. And then coming home and working on these Christmas orders or working on, you know, the stuff I do on the side, it kind of helps with that, with that daily activity and stuff like that. And then still, I don't know. I, I feel like at the end of the day, I'm not exhausted. Even on a, a super busy day, I'm energized when I get home. I'm like motivated. Like I want to get downstairs and, and work on, work on some stuff, you know? Do you feel like that's the opposite of when you had a desk job? Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm always is. curious about that. Cause we, you know, the, the mental drain of sitting and thinking all yeah. day is just like. Yeah. And it's not to say that like sitting at a desk and doing any job is, is not hard work. It is hard work, but it's, in sure. a, it's different. It's different because mentally hard. Your body's not creating endorphins while you're yeah. doing it. And yeah. if you're moving, you're kind of able to do that. Yeah. And so it's kind of a, it's an interesting, I was just curious, you know, no, it's, your experience. Yeah, you know, it's exactly. Yeah. You're, you're, you're spot on. It's, it's, it is definitely like that. You, I feel you like thinking of leaving your desk job, Chris. <laughs> no, <laughs> but it's a standing up and down desk. So like once a month I'll stand. Yeah. You know, that's a little bit of movement. Yeah. <laughs> I'm were, too lazy. There were a couple of jobs where I had, uh, you know, those nice automatic raising desks. Those are really nice. Those to are have. so nice. To be able to stand. My favorite was a treadmill desk. I never did I that. I felt like it. that would be weird to type and, and like try to yeah. walk on a treadmill. I See, feel like I would screw up a lot. I have a desk job, but my job's mostly thinking. Yeah. So I don't do a lot of like typing, typing. And so I could like, yeah, anyway. 
Well, we should get you. I could talk about this all day long. <laughs> I know we should. Let's. Uh, we have some Salt Lake City questions. We ask everybody that comes through. Sure. I don't know if we. I was asking these back when I had you on the show originally. I so think maybe I was. I yeah. don't know. You know, I've incorporated some standard Salt Lake City questions. Yeah. But uh, you know, we have family and friends that visit us. I don't even. Where's home for you? Did you grow up here in Utah? Or where? I, I was born in. Uh, I was born here. Okay. In Salt Lake, but I grew up in Vernal. Oh, okay. Okay. And so after high school, I moved. Okay. Back okay. Because well, Vernal is awful. So, so for <laughs> say, say family and friends are visiting you from Vernal, right? They're coming to the big city. Yeah. They're coming to Salt Lake, and and uh, they're like, show us around. Where where do you take people? Where it's, uh, we what's always the tour. We always try to take. I mean, I don't know. It depends. It depends on the person. You know, when you're from a small town like that, like when you come to the city, the treat is Olive Garden. Oh, or Red Lobster. And it's like, oh, that's the best. And I used to think that exact Some same way. Red Lobster rolls, though. Yeah. Oh, well, that those, yeah. That's deliciously Midwestern sounding. Well, and it, it's like, I, I was in the same boat. Like when I, before I moved out here, I thought Olive Garden was the best food ever. But I think that's our favorite thing to do. Uh, my wife and I is like when, when with the, if anyone comes from out of town, we try to show them. Olive Garden. Olive Garden isn't the best, guys. There are all other. Of the Olive Gardens. There are some other. There, are, like it's fun to show people all the great restaurants we have here because there are a lot. Yeah, I feel like we're really, really lucky with restaurant. I mean, yeah. with a lot of things, but restaurants. There are some really amazing restaurants here. Oh, yeah. What's what are some of your favorites? Oh my gosh. Oh oh sorry, I just asked your question. No not no, on no you're, you're no, good. There you're are, good. Uh, there are so many. Uh, I know you guys have had them on, but uh, Sweet Lake. Yeah. Sweet yeah. Lake. Are, mm. So those good. guys are amazing. Um, Lucky 13. Yeah, Lucky 13. Those are good. I think mm-hmm. Lucky 13 was definitely one of my answers before. I yeah. know it was. Yeah. <laughs> I still, I'm sure it was. I still love that place. Uh, Have I you know. been to the new, the newer one? Was no. it the Iron Horse or the Lucky? Iron, Lucky's Iron Door. Yeah, because, I mean, that's good. I haven't been down there. I mean, it's pretty much the same menu, you know, yeah. obviously, but it's just. Just a different atmosphere. Because it's down there in the... It's it's uh, down there by... Uh, Jordan, yeah, Jordan... Jordan Landing. Landing? Jordan, is that what it's uh, called? Jordan Landing? Is it Landing or Commons? I always get the two mixed up. Uh, Jordan Landing, Jordan, Jordan Commons. Jordan Land... I don't know. It's anyway, it's... The it, one off the of one seven. On Bangor. It's a nice yeah, option for people in that 7, area, 000. which is great, yeah. you know? Yeah, and, well, and, and, and it's family friendly. Yeah. So like yeah, the Lucky 13 downtown. Yeah, it is really downtown, nice that it's family friendly. You can't take children in mm-hmm. there. And it feels more family friendly. So it's like, it's not quite the environment. If you want like the experience, go downtown. Yeah. But the food is great. It's down just in as the good. West. Yeah, it's just as good. It's it's amazing. It's bigger too, right? Yeah, a yeah, lot bigger. I think so. Mm-hmm. I've been there a couple of times. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. There's so many good local places. Uh, Ruth's Diner. Yeah. Yeah, you guys always classic. Mm-hmm. Local, some local cookie makers oh, like yeah. uh, got, Ruby you, Snap. Ruby Snap. Ooh, you know it. Tammy, have you, have you had, had her on? We've had Tammy oh, on the podcast. Yeah, 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 yeah. She is we so We should bring awesome. her back through though. She's so good. I, I love her stuff. And I like, I've, I've ran into her a few times going in there and she'll just, she'll sit there and chat. She's, with she's such our a niece, nice our niece yeah. just got married. And the one requirement was that they had to have Ruby snacks for dessert. Uh, and so like, there were just Ruby snacks everywhere. They're so good. And yeah. I took a bunch home. Yeah. And then you so have uh, what chip cookies? Okay, you haven't had haven't had anybody from them on. Have you had their cookies? On? I don't. I don't think so. No, but I've heard I've heard about them. I've so heard they're, they're, they're amazing. So there's and then there's crumble. Crumble, crumble started. Yeah, crumble here, yeah. but now they're all over the country. Yeah, say, they're big now. I feel like chip cookies. They have a smaller menu, but their chocolate chip cookies are like my f- favorite. But crumble. Outside of chocolate chip cookies, all their cookies are really, really good. They all they all do really, really good stuff. Um, Lake Effect, have you guys been there? It, I haven't. I it, no, I don't. I would the, like the, to the, like the bar, I've, right? You're talking about the yeah. bar, right? Yeah. No, I yeah. don't think I've been there. I don't think we've been there yet, but we'd really like to go. Yeah, fantastic food. Okay, really, really awesome environment. I think I I think you and I talked about him, uh, the owner Nick. So he used to be a bartender at Gracie's. Okay. Uh, and then he decided, uh, so Lake Effect is, it used to be the hotel. Mm-hmm. Did oh, you ever okay. go? Yeah, oh my gosh. I went to the, hotel? Went to the hotel. hotel a few times back in the day. Oh. I hey, I don't know how I ended up there, but I was there. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I think everyone at the hotel is like, I don't know how I ended up here. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how I ended up here, but my feet are sticking to the floor. Literally, yeah. That's my first thought when you say the hotel yeah. is sticky the floor. sticky floor. Oh. Meat market. 
Yeah. That's yes. what that was. It just gross. It was Ugh. gross. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's not that anymore. That's like so Nick, nice. Nick classed the place up. Nice job, So Nick. nice. Like he actually stripped, I, I guess all the people, cause there were, it was a, it was a couple other businesses after the hotel. Mm-hmm. Right. I think. Yeah. It was like, didn't they make it like a jazz club or no, that was a different thing. I do remember a couple yeah. of things came in, but I don't remember. But what. I guess, I guess like all the plumbing work and the HVAC and stuff, they just, they just put a bandaid on really big problems. Nick, when he like, he spent a lot of money and he redid everything, the plumbing in and out, brand new, all the HVAC, all the duct work, everything. He really gutted the place and made it really, really nice. And the food, great. The drinks, great. It's it's definitely worth it, and I think I I talked to you about maybe having him on. I made I made a note here of it. I'll I'll get get his last. Do you know his last? I'll I have a, I have get, yeah I have all his info. Okay, well then um, I'll, yeah we'll talk about that off air. And I, I was gonna say just tell us his phone number right what's now. His phone number. Well, I do believe I do believe I actually asked him once when I was in the bar. Like I mentioned you if, if he would come on the show, and yeah. I think he was like yeah I'd be fine with that. Okay, and for some reason I don't think I ever told you, and I'm sorry. <laughs> Damn it. But but yeah, I think, he's, I think he's willing to come on. Okay, okay. So okay. he would be he would be good. That would be cool. But yeah, that I highly recommend that place. That's wonderful food, great bartenders, really good drink menu selection, and just the interior decorating in there is. It doesn't look like it's. It doesn't seem like it's Salt Lake City. This seems like like. I've heard really amazing class, things because like, I know when I've, when I've talked to people about it, they've really, yeah. really loved like how gorgeous it is. Well, and the funny thing is Nick's wife is the one who designed, at least I think this is what Nick told me. He, she, she did all the interior decorating. That's not what she does for a living. Oh, she's and just when, one of those people who's yeah. naturally talented. And when he told me that, That's awesome. I, I was like, does she do that for a living? And she's like, no. And I, well, she should. <laughs> Will because, she? Because this house. is amazing. Yeah. It's, it's beautiful. What would you change about Salt Lake City if you could change something? Like a change? Yeah. Uh, like anything, you know, liquor laws, however you want to interpret that question. Liquor laws, I, that's always like a go-to. That's an yeah. easy go-to. Yeah. Uh, I would say. If you had the power, you know, to change something. The inversion. The mm. air quality. I would change the air quality. Yeah. Because that, that, is, that is something us, yeah. I feel like, I don't even know what we can do about that. Yeah. That's a whole nother problem. I think get he, rid of the mountains. That's the only thing. I think you had a guy, you had a guy on Carl, right? Carl Ingwell. Carl yeah, Ingwell. Yeah, old yeah. friend of mine. Yeah. I went to high school with him. Yeah. Carl's a yeah. good guy. Yeah. In Vernal. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Small world. Yeah. Small world. Yeah. But yeah, I, I don't know what can be done about it at this point, especially with Salt Lake becoming as popular as it is. Uh-huh. You've posted on yours that the real estate market is number one in the country right yeah. now. There are people flocking here. Yeah. And that's not going to get any better. I, I, I don't know what can be done, honestly. But if I could snap my fingers and change something, it really magically seems like, it would be that. I and maybe maybe we need to get involved somehow. But like it seems like we'd be preventatively thinking of ways to not turn into San Francisco level, right? Like you know, um, smog. Yeah, because that's what like the tech industries are moving here, and all the cars are moving here, and all the. But at least know. San Francisco, you have all that ocean, so all it can yeah. go out. I mean, we're just Not trapped in here like a soup bowl. Well, I think the only way would be is if they got off their butt fan. and started making tra- a big fan. more big fan. more tracks and more public transportation. Yeah, and yeah. quickly, like like yeah. really quickly. Yeah, so we could all take it, and we got rid of all of our cars. But even then, I feel like with with, a, with a, a city growing as quickly as as we do, even even the cities with the best public transport, there's still plenty of people. It's true. You can't really keep cars. up with like, yeah. I don't think true. there's any one normal contributor. Like in the wintertime, you have obviously the, the, just the inversion happens because of like temperature differences mm-hmm. and because we're in a bowl in the mountains. Then you have the refineries yeah. Then you have all the cars and then you have people burning wood, burning fireplaces, all that stuff. It all contributes. I don't think there's any one way to get rid of all of it. But how clean was our air when everybody was working from home and we were all quarantined that at home? That was nice. You know what I yeah. mean? Like it was so nice. Was. I'm not saying working from home is the answer because I don't think that's the answer for everybody. Because but it helps. I think then we would have to worry about our mental health and yeah. then we'd have to worry about all that. But- I mean, if I remember correctly, I don't know, maybe I'm completely wrong here, but it seemed like our air was pretty good. Oh, I think you're oh, right. absolutely it was, right. yeah. When we were all the skies were blue. You know, when none of us were going anywhere. Yeah, but, uh, no, I, I agree. And that, and that, I feel like that whole, that whole period of time 
kind of woke a lot of companies up to, wow, we can actually do this. We can actually have a lot of people working from home. We don't need people to come into the office. So I feel like long after COVID is in our rearview mirror, I I feel like there will be plenty of companies that are still going to continue that just because it's like, mm-hmm. well, it's easy. It's created a real cultural, like, you know, phenomenon yeah. or shift almost yeah. with the way that employers, employees think. Well, they, they save, they save money on their end because there's less power consumption at the actual building. They save all the overhead, yeah. like so much overhead. Yeah. 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 It makes sense. How can people get a hold of you, Zach? What's the, let's run down the website, social media, any kind of con, I mean, anything that we didn't talk about too, that you want to talk about this uh, is, as we wrap this episode up here. As far as I go is like my website, you did mention my website, zachsworks.com. Uh, unfortunately, I don't update that nearly as often as I should only because like I said before, I, I make random products here and there. And yeah. so it, it is kind of a, a little bit of a pain to update my website and make a specific product page for this one unique thing and then end up selling it at a show. Mm-hmm. And then I have to take it right back down. So yeah. I, I'm really bad about updating my website because I think, I think I said before that I, in my mind, this leather thing is still kind of an experiment and I haven't still just, I'm I'm not satisfied with the product line enough to where I want to offer specific product lines in specific aesthetics. Like you you haven't gone to a point where you feel like this is a finished product that I'm like really want to. It's always evolving. Yes, exactly. Yeah. yeah, That makes sense. It's always evolving. And so that's why I don't update my website much. So my website, I definitely have all my contact info on there. So you can contact me through that. Um, If you want to see some of the more recent stuff I've been making, anytime I'm excited about something that I make, I post it on my Instagram every time. And that Instagram is at Zaxworks, Z-A-X-W-R-X. So if anyone wants to get a hold of me or at least see what I've been doing lately, that's the place to do it. I, I do I, I do have plenty of people contact me through Instagram to uh, place orders, but I also, I still have some product available on my website, but not very much. And are you using Etsy too or no? I don't I, use Etsy. You, you were on Etsy though for a minute. I was, I was never on Etsy because... I've I've always been with Big Cartel. Okay, Big Cartel. Big Cartel yeah. is local. Yeah. Um, I didn't know that when I first signed up for them, but um, I ended up doing a a promo with them where they contacted me because they knew that I lived in Salt Lake, and they said we need people to test out our mobile app. And so, uh, you're local. Would you would you be willing to come in for three or four hours of your time and uh, test out the mobile app? And uh, give us some feedback and we'll provide some food and blah, blah, blah. So anyway, I went in there, did that. And they gave me uh, pretty much a lifetime, a lifetime uh, subscription yeah. to their, like their highest package. Yes. And so fathered in. Yeah. So I, I, that's, uh, that's another reason why I never I'm like, okay, I don't need Etsy now. Cause I paid for it before I paid for their lowest package, which was like, I don't know, 10 bucks a month. And it was like 20 products, three, yeah. you know, two or three pictures per product. But now I just have, I don't know even know what, what it costs now, but I'm grandfathered into that. So I've never been on an Etsy and that's why. So I just have that direct website. It's just, it, it's, it's, uh, yeah, it's just zaxworks.com. Okay. But right on. yeah. Chrissy has a final question. She asks everybody that comes through here, Zach. So I'm going to okay. let her ask. Thank you so much for coming and recording. Sorry that it took nine years to get you back oh, through. No, there, man. no, I'd, I mean, I'm or glad eight to come years back or whatever it was. I don't know, yeah. something like that. Eight years, nine years, I don't know. Yeah, let's not wait another nine though. Let's sure. let's get sure. you back I'll come in, back anytime. you know, and uh, make you a regular. You yeah, know? that's what I would love it. Do. Ooh, that sounds but, fun. Uh, well, before we do let you go though, would you leave our listeners with a piece of life advice or a motto that you live by, or you wish they would live by? I'll try to not make this long-winded, but there are people who always say like, I wish I was talented. I wish I could do this. I wish I could do that. I don't feel like that's a thing. I feel like if there's something that you're into enough, you'll try it. And I encourage you to try it. If there's something that you like and that you think that you would love to try to create, but you just don't think you're talented enough, I think that's bullshit. Do it. Your your first your first several attempts are going to suck. It's never going to be that great. But that's how you get better at anything in life, whether it be a side skill you want to do, whether it be a career, whether it be whatever. 
don't be afraid to try and and don't be afraid to screw up and and don't get discouraged just know that every time you fail you'll get better and better and better so don't be afraid to try things all right that's going to do it for this episode of the podcast Again, our website, IamSaltLake.com. This is where you can go and listen to the entire back catalog of uh, episodes. All 500 plus episodes are right there on the website. Go check them out. Make sure you're subscribed in whatever podcast app you're using these days. Uh, so whenever a new episode of the podcast gets released, it gets right sent to your uh, smartphone. And that's going to do it, like I said, for this episode. Make sure you're subscribed so you don't miss a single episode. And like I mentioned at the very beginning of this episode, if you would like a free market analysis and find out the value of your home is currently here in the area, in the Salt Lake City area, get in touch with me, 801-244-2908, and I'd love to help you out with that. And until next week, you guys have a great week. Get out and enjoy the city. Support local. And uh, we'll see you on the next episode of I Am Salt Lake Podcast.